Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Listen, if you don't know what just happened there, I challenge you today, and you hear this in the message, to go after it with all of your heart. Don't shut down because you're Baptist. Dead to the wall serious. Don't shut down because tongues is not your heritage. Because tongues is certainly the Bible. And what Jesus are you following if you're not following the Bible? Paul said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. And there's entire denominations that walk away from the power of the Holy Spirit because they were taught to do so. Don't let that be you. If it scares you, you're in the right place. You go to a church that sedates you. I'm not an anesthesiologist. I'm not here to sedate you. I'm not here to make you feel good when you should feel godly sorrow. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and, leads to, and, and, and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Understand the difference. Godly sorrow is conviction. Godly sorrow is saying, you know what? Yes, I've wasted some time, but I'm going to get it all back. It's better as one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. That's God. That's God. Greatest days are ahead. I don't care if you're eight or 80. Your greatest days are ahead of you. I'm telling you that it's true. Most of us, we've neglected our salvation. I'm going to get into this in just a second. But if you were just to start right now, your life would be radically changed in just a few days. That's the truth. You can't get distracted or off course. Let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape? I'll put this in my own terminology. If we neglect our salvation, if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by those who heard him. We are not to neglect our salvation. A lot of people think the salvation is this final work, which it is and it isn't. I know that makes no sense. It makes as much sense as the Trinity. Don't try to make sense out of it. Ask God when you see him. Just delve deep into his word and you'll receive revelation. But when you got saved, you received all things. But that salvation is supposed to be nurtured. It's supposed to be massaged. It's supposed to be exercised and made strong. You're not to neglect it. How shall we escape? Escape what? A myriad of things if we neglect our salvation. Most of the church did not escape the delusion that's been brought upon the earth. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Most churches closed. Most churches, are, most churches to some extent around the world are still closed. Because, why? They neglected their salvation. They were so blind that even in the midst of Excelsior passes and green passes, vaccine passports, they're still blind and don't see Revelation 13, 16 through 18. They still don't see it. Because they've neglected their salvation don't let that be you we are not to neglect it for most christians their salvation is a part of their life not their life they think of it well you know what i got saved i'm right with god 
And then and now, Lord, just help me in my life. That's not, that's not a Christian walk. That's not a biblical walk with God. Christianity or your walk with God or your salvation is not supposed to be an aspect of your life. It's supposed to be your life's pursuit. But Tom, I'm already saved. Yeah, but what's the fruit of your salvation? What's the power in your salvation? If you haven't discovered it yet, it's because you've been neglecting it. There's many of us, and this includes me. People meet me at the door. Man, that one hurt me today. It hurts me too. This is just as much for me as it is for you. I'm preaching this to myself as much as I'm preaching this to you. Go ahead and get it. (laughs) Got to put that bad boy on mute. Our salvation should be our life. We ought to be delving deep into our salvation, not memorializing it. Well, I got saved back in 1987. Thank God for that. And you know what? Most people's testimony is, well, you know what? I was doing this and I was doing that and I don't do it anymore. That's the end of it. Is that really supposed to be it? From whom much is given, the title of this message series? From whom much is given, much is demanded. So your testimony is something from 40 years ago that hasn't progressed at all since then? Or your, or your testimony is, you know what, I'm going to go to heaven someday? That's not even the reward of salvation. The Holy Spirit is. People are, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. People are going to be disappointed. You're like, Tom, you're not allowed to speak that. Well, first of all, you're not even spending eternity in heaven. I hear all the Christians say that they are. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I'm sorry, but you're coming back here. I told you, I prayed this. That everybody that, that bad mouth single would, I pray God sits you right back here again <laughs> for a thousand years. There you go. I've heard it in my whole life, oh, this town, and nothing to do, whatever it is, I don't care. I hope he puts you right back here again. People are delusional. Listen, if you're not following the Bible, then what Jesus are you following? Seriously, if you, if you believe that your reward is heaven, and I know John 14, 1 and 2, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I'd go to prepare a place for you. I got it. Believe me, I know. Don't come to me at the door. You probably don't know the Bible as well as I do. I'm not trying to be, bra- but you better be armed. Don't come to me at the door with, well, well, this is what I believe. I don't care what you believe. Honestly, don't at all. Whatever I did care about was lost back in March of 2020 when I saw the capitulating church. Don't really care what they believe anymore. But what, what, what Jesus are you following if it's not the Bible? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, John 1, 1, John 1, 14. What, what Jesus are you following? It's not Jesus if it's not the Bible. I know it bothers lots and lots of people, but Jesus' style is also repentance. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Matthew four seventeen. That's how he launched his ministry, telling people to repent off of the person, John the Baptist, who laid the groundwork before him, who told people to repent. See, all these people out there, they're wondering why. Like what we just had right there with the expression of the Holy Spirit, their churches don't have that. You know why? Because they don't abide in the word. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. John 15, 7. What's the verse before that one? 
If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Whoops. You'll notice. I want you to notice some things. I wasn't even going to preach about this. This is all for free. You can drop an extra dollar in the offering bucket. (laughs) You ever, ever notice the link between obedience and blessing? What comes with you have you have Matthew seven seven and seven eight. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. And unto him that knocketh it shall be opened. What's the preceding verses? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clear that he cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. You need to deal with God. People don't deal with them. They just reopen their churches. No, you better go deal with God. Pastors, get on Facebook Live. I'm sorry that I denied the word of God and closed my church. Get on there and say it. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit, he ain't never coming back. You can do all you want. You can put out the little squiggly men out in front of your church. You can offer up gift packs and whatever it is that you want. He ain't never coming back. I hope you're seeing it out here, pastors. I'm looking at the camera. You're never getting it back. You should have seen the expressions on the faces when I was preaching this yesterday. I'm the only one who was dead silent for. Everyone sat there in their seats dead still. With a couple oohs, ah, ee. What's this truth? It's just the truth. If you're a guy, you're a guy. You're a girl, you're a girl. If everyone would just live with that, everyone would be happy. It's the truth. You want it, you go. You got to fix that phone, whoever that is. Fix it now or I'm going to come fix it for you. Seriously, then it's going in the toilette. If you're big enough to stop me, good luck. You better be better than average. Listen, you might, this might bother you. I don't know whose phone it is, so you can't be offended. I know it's somebody over here, but I can tell you, I don't know whose it is. But you need to have that stuff ready this Holy Spirit time. Shut your phones off. Turn that thing off. So you guys think I'm mean. I'm telling you, you need to sit in a river service. Rodney Howard Brown probably mocks people with their masks on. The other day, last, what was it? When were we, at church, when were we in church, Norma? What night was it? Friday night, Friday night, right? Friday night. We're all crammed up into the altar, you know? And there's a guy that was crying. Pastor Rodney asked him, he goes, you know, what's, you know basically, what's your story? And the guy started telling him, he goes, listen, man, I'm not asking for your life story. And he goes, goes just like that. You know, that's why he's my, you know what? In order for me to have a pastor, he'd have to be meaner than me. That's why he's my pastor. (laughs) But anyway, off to the phones now. We ought to be delving deep into the salvation that we have because if we neglect it, you're not going to escape. Things will come your way. I'm not talking necessarily. There's people that are going to hell because of COVID. Just so you know. They're going to go to hell for all of eternity. There's pastors that have caused people. I hope you're listening, pastors. They're causing people to go to hell for all of eternity. Those are their churches and they drifted away. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Matthew chapter 18, verse 6. That's a fact. 
No, we've gotten bigger than ever, reaching more people than ever. You're lying to yourself and you've trained people to not obey the word of God found in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25, to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Get on your phone, pastor. Get on it and do a Facebook live. I am sorry that I denied the word of God. It's your only hope. Don't neglect your salvation. There are two things that a Christian should be all about and they don't need to be about anything else. You don't need to be, when when I tell you the four essentials, prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship, it's all about these two things. Those are called works that you are going to have to do, or you will never discover your calling, you will never operate in your gifts, and you will never operate in power unless you don't neglect your salvation, which comes through works. Oh, there, you see, I got one amen over here, everybody's afraid. You're afraid because, amen, thank you. There you go. Everybody's afraid of works because you've been, you've been indoctrinated. By Pastor Skinny Jeans with his rip right in the right place over his right knee. His pants so tight that he doesn't get any circulation to his brain. You've been indoctrinated to be, you've been taught that works are an evil thing because of Ephesians chapter 8, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, this gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, right? You ever read, you ever read the balance of Scripture? In James chapter 2, you see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. James 2, 24, I'll show you my faith by what I do. James 2, 18, faith, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James 2, 17, whoops, and you've been taught your whole life to sit there and do nothing. No, you are not to neglect your salvation. Well, I'm a very busy person, Tom, then you need to get unbusy. There's nothing, nothing worth your salvation. The kids will be just fine. Stop worshiping them. If you're going to worship them, then go all the way. Go all the way. Carve an image to them. Get some candles out and burn incense to them. And, And repeat their names over and over again. If not, then it's time to worship Jesus and go all out. The world needs us to be a powerful church. Again, I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm preaching to you. There's two things that your life should be on and about, and that is dispelling unbelief and following the Holy Spirit, and that's it. That's it. Well, no, I got to take care of myself. You shouldn't be struggling with sin. If you are, again, that's dispelling unbelief. Get rid of your sin. That's what it should be about. Let's look at this, Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Let's look at how Jesus looked at unbelief. Later, he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table. Only 11 left as Judas is dead. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Rebuked their what? We don't, you're not allowed to talk about unbelief in the church. That's not the problem, is it? Yeah, it's always the problem. It's the only problem is unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. What did he do? you think it'd be a glorious re-entrance into this building, right? Hey, look at this. He rebuked their hardness of heart and unbelief because his apostles had rejected those who had already seen that Jesus had risen. Don't think that wouldn't be you, and I'm not saying it wouldn't be me. Especially in the modern evangelical culture, we got the wackadoos running all over the place saying they saw this and saying they saw that. But he rebuked their unbelief because Jesus said, I'm coming back. 
The third day you'll see me again. And nobody believed him. Even the 11 around him did not believe him. Matthew 13, 58. Now he did not do many mighty works there because it really wasn't his will. It's not what it says. But that's what everybody preaches. What Jesus are you believing in if you don't preach this? What, what Jesus are you believing in? If you, don't, if you don't preach, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. If you don't preach that, when you got sister so-and-so in the hospital and everybody in the church is doing a sit-in, nobody's really believing for healing, but we're all there for each other. That's great. By this, men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. That's great. That's not the full testimony of God, though. You're doing a Christian sit-in for somebody. That's, that's not, you're not following the Bible. The following the Bible is lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what's supposed to happen. If it doesn't happen, it's because of unbelief. If you don't follow that, you know, a lot of people, well, Tom, I'm really not sure. I'm going to get into this in just a minute, so I'm not jumping ahead of myself. But a lot of people would say, oh, Tom, I'm not 100% sure on this whole, you know, unbelief thing. I don't know if it's really unbelief that causes me not to receive. Then what's your explanation? Don't give me your words. Give me the word. Right? No, seriously. Tom, I don't know about this unbelief stuff. Is, is the reason why I don't receive because of unbelief. Is it? It is. That's, if it's not, then please give me your explanation with Bible verses only. Only. Not skinny jeans, not latte sucker, not enabling Bible study 101. Bible verses, not what makes you, not what placates your spirit. Bible verses only. When I lay hands on somebody and they are not made well, what do I do? I run to the word. Amen. I run to the word. If, if it was that it wasn't Jesus' desire to heal all, then why did he heal all everywhere he went without, without any exception? Why? Why was it that the only time he didn't heal was because of their unbelief? So when I lay hands and on somebody and I'm believing for healing and it doesn't happen, I run to the word of God. I run to two places. Matthew chapter 17, around verse 20 and 21. Why couldn't we cast it out, they said to the Lord privately, because of your unbelief. And then I go to Mark chapter 9, verse 24. The father cried out and said with tears, I believe, help my unbelief. That's it. Oh, God has a greater plan that we just don't understand. That's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. That's not the word of God. You guys, fix your phones, man. Did everyone not get it the first time I said it? Fix your daggum phones. Jeez, do you want to interrupt the Holy Spirit some more? Whatever it is, shut it off, find it for me, get it out of the room. Heepers. Do you understand how that interrupts the flow of the Holy Spirit? Do you see it? Do you feel it? That's why some of you need to leave your devices at home. There you go, find it for me. Hunt that thing down. Now let me try to find the Holy Spirit again. Sorry, Lord. So there's the deal. 
Just don't worry about it now. This, we're making it worse. I'll tell you what, I'll just guarantee you that for the rest of the service, I'll ignore it, but I'll tell you what, you got to fix it, church. Just stay with me. Just drop it. Let's go. So that's what I do when it doesn't work the way that I want it to work, when it's a guarantee in Scripture. I do not look for platitudes. I do not look for what will ease my conscience or make me feel better. I don't adapt my theology to things that are not the Bible. I run to the Bible and I say what he said. Jesus said, it was your unbelief. The, the, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I do believe. And I said, How many of you? You've gone and you tried, right? Look at me now. Forget about the phones. Forget about everything. You tried. You laid hands on people and it didn't work, right? Come on, right? Yes. No, what do you do now? You've got to go attack the problem. You can't just give up. You can't just say that it's some sort of mystery plan shrouded in mist. It's not the Bible. If it's not the Bible, it's not Jesus. So what Jesus are you following? You're going to have to go in there. Yes, it hurts. Yes, you take the blame. But what other explanation did Jesus ever give? If you're living by another explanation, then why did Jesus not say it? And if Jesus didn't say it, then what Jesus are you following? Proverbs chapter 30, verse 6 says, Add thou not to my words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Add thou not to the word, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2, you shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. You don't add. That's not looking for your wisdom. That's the downfall of the modern church. It's Bible mixed with human wisdom. Well, we need to partner with the experts. Oh, really? The experts, huh? Really? The ones that are being exposed day after day, lie after lie? The experts, the experts in the media. Oh, that story has been firmly debunked, really. That's what they said about the lab leak not through two months ago. Liars. Oh, you know, right now they're calling everybody who's espousing that there's FBI co-conspirators that stormed the Capitol. Oh, that can't be. These are liars. Oh, oh, this ridiculous theory espoused by Tucker Carlson. (laughs) Oh, really? The same guy? Tucker Carlson said a year ago that it was a lab leak. So did Tom Cotton and many others, crazy fat preachers down in Inglewood. I've been saying it too. And suddenly now we're all righteous. And I won't be banned off of Facebook anymore, although I was already banned. Right? See, now what's going on is that they're discovering, see, you better watch out for Yahweh. You better watch out for the Holy Spirit because he will expose you. Oh, he's not an angry God. That's not the Bible. He's angry at the wicked every day. Psalm chapter 7, verse 11. It's the way that it is. He does. Listen, if you ever, if you feel anger, know that you're created in his image. It's coming out now. God will expose these people. They got a tough, they got a tough road ahead, barring repentance. 
God will expose them, humiliate them, maybe even put them in the grave. Because they touch the church. Pastor Rodney preaches all the time. You go around, you better be careful. You better measure out your own coffin because you touch the church. That's just the Bible now. It's coming out. Turned out that there's 20 co-conspirators that stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Unindicted co-conspirators. Why are they unindicted? Because it turned out that all 20 of them were FBI agents and informants. Whoops. Oh, where? No, no. Can't be, Tom. Can't. These are the experts. The human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could know it? So if your heart is deceitful above all things, who's your daddy? Darn right. The father of lies is your daddy, whose native language is lying and who was a murderer from the beginning. Notice how all these leftists, like the butcher, the unborn, to the tune of 60 million per year, they're murderers from the beginning. You know, the abortion rate, you notice it didn't go down during COVID. Stay the same or went up. The only things that went up were crime rates and abortions. Because they love death. Their father is a murderer from the beginning. That's who they are. That's who they follow. You're not allowed to talk about politics in the church. That's a load of hooey. The church should be leading in politics. You ever, you ever heard of the Black Coat Regiment? Black Robe reg- Regiment? That's what's supposed to happen. Should be leading the way, unafraid. But it's coming out. God will expose these people. What I prayed over, specifically over the election, is that God would make it so blatant that even Chris Cuomo has to, has to actually get on and talk about it openly. They know it's coming. They know it's coming. Maricopa County is coming. It's coming. It's coming, and it's spreading. Like a, You want to talk about viral spread, it's coming. It's already going to be in Georgia. It's coming to Pennsylvania. Watch out. You don't trust experts. You stand in the word of God because experts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Anthony Fauci's done nothing over the last 15 months except try to cover the fact that he funded gain-of-function research through EcoHealth Alliance through Peter Daszak. Facts. That's the truth. That's the way that it is. Church ought to be out in front of it. And pastors again. Whoops. I blew it. Daggum Peter Daszak and Fauci lied to me. I repent. That's all you need to do, pastors. Fix it. Bunch of cowards. I've screwed things up in my life. You go and fix it. So it turns out. You got 20 FBI agents running around the Capitol inciting people to commit violence and vandalism. Facts. That's the truth. Oh, you know, where, well, that can't be. And this must be a one-time thing. No. That, remember Gretchen Whitmer? They, remember they had, they had the storm. They stormed the Capitol. It's weird, isn't it? They stormed the Capitol in Michigan, too. And there was a plot to, to kidnap the most worthless human being on the planet. I don't know why anybody would ever want to spend two seconds. I would never kidnap that woman solely because I wouldn't want to spend one minute alone in a room with that woman. The demons coming out of her would just be manifest. So there we go. We have this other capital being stormed in Michigan, right? And the alleged kidnapping plot 
against wretched witless. So here you go. Well, it turns out there, there was 13 plotters, five of which were FBI agents and informants. So what they're doing is inside, the FBI bought their hotel rooms for them. Facts. Bought their hotel rooms for them. Organized the whole thing. Drove around in cars with them. Garland, Texas, mass shooting. What happened there? They contacted a man via online and cited him to commit a mass shooting. He comes up. Here it is. Car with the lead with the, with the shooter. Right here, the active shooter. FBI agent right behind him. In communication with him. He gets out, starts shooting people. FBI agent does what? <whistles> drives off. Fully armed FBI agent drives off. Those are the facts. By the way, that was reported by Anderson Cooper on CNN. Pull it up. You think, I'm a, you think I'm a right-wing zealot? Well, I am, but I'm telling you the truth. Those are the truth. These lies are coming out. You don't trust experts. You trust the Word of God. The experts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 1 Timothy 6.10. You don't trust these people. I have, I showed it on the podcast last night of Ralph Barrick out of UNC. Ralph Barrick is one of the biggest proponents of gain-of-function research on the planet. He partnered with the bat lady in Wuhan, sending, sending viruses back and forth to each other. Ralph Barrick, I put it on there. He was saying in 2018, here's how you profit from a pandemic. I'll show you the video. It's no, you, the eye in the sky don't lie. People are deceitful above all things, not a camera. Unless people get a hold of it. He said it. Here's how you profit off of a pandemic. Buy into pharmaceutical companies and PPE companies. He's talking about it from the stage. He knows. It's been known for a long time. Why did the FBI meet a defector from the Wuhan Institute of Virology on April 28th, 2020 at the airport interviewer for six hours and yet still has not released one iota of that information? Oh, it's a current. It's under investigation, just like Hunter's laptop. They've been sitting on that. That fully exonerates Trump in impeachment number one. Fully exonerates him. As you have 10% for the big guy in pictures of Joe Biden meeting with Hunter Biden's business partners. In emails talking about the meetings. And Joe Biden himself acknowledging the meetings. Exonerates Trump completely. The FBI is corrupt. You don't trust experts. You trust the word of God. I don't care whether they're from the CDC, the FBI, or the Sarasota Sheriff's Office. You, right now, you trust the Word of God and you stand in it. Even if you failed and you didn't have enough faith and you didn't dispel enough unbelief, you're better off dying standing in the Word of God than living on your knees. I'll put it in my own vernacular for you, living with your hands around your ankles. I'll let you picture that for yourself. So if you're supposed to stop believing in the certainty of what you pray for, then why didn't Jesus ever say that? If you, how many Christians are in here? Shout amen. amen. So if you're a Christian, that means that you follow the Bible, the word of God, because being a Christian, this is Christ. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, 1 John 5, 7, that's it. 
That's it. So what, what are you following? Why did, Jesus ever, why did Jesus never say a word about the uncertainty of what you pray for? If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it, is what he said, John 14, 14. Right? That's what he said. So why do you stand anywhere else? When that moment came that when you didn't get what you prayed for, what did you do? What did you do about it? There's only, there's only a few ways to dispel unbelief, which we'll get into today. But that's what you're supposed to do is go and deal with the unbelief, not find other reasons, because Jesus gave no other reasons, not one, ever, not one time. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, James chapter 1, 6 through 8. That's what, the, that's what the word of God talks about. Matthew 21, 21. If you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Well, I tried it and it didn't work. It's unbelief. Yeah, but I really did believe. I know, but it's inherent unbelief. You're blocked. You're buffering. You're trying. Don't stop. Go at it again. Go at it again. Go at it again. And in the middle of it, don't just wait, but oh, you know what? I, I pray for somebody to be healed once, every, once a year. It never works. What do you do in between? I stare at my phone a lot. That's going to work. You know what that'll do? Increase your unbelief. You have everything, Romans chapter 8, verse 32. You've been given everything, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, everything. You're just blind. The lights are on in this room, but if I close my eyes, they're off. God, turn the lights on. They're already on, dum-dum. Lord, open your eyes. Lord, turn the lights on. That's what Christians spend their whole life doing that. Their eyes are closed, just like this, and praying that God would turn the lights on, and God's telling them, open your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Two things, dispelling unbelief and following the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, 16 and 17. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father that he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. For he will dwell with you and will be in you. What's your life supposed to be about? Business, jobs, kids? No, Holy Spirit, baby. Holy Spirit. So it shall be about. The most ignored part of the Trinity is the one who abides with you forever. Hate to tell you, Jesus is not abiding with you. I, that offends so many Christians. You know why? Because they never read their Bible. They're offended by the person they follow, allegedly. Jesus sits at the right hand of the throne of God. He is not omnipresent. He chooses not to be. I suppose he, if he wanted to be, he could be. But he chooses to stay in his lane. She came down encased in flesh, died for you and I, was raised to life, ascended to the right hand of the throne of God where he awaits for a, a day and hour he doesn't even know to come back and receive his church into heaven. That's his job. But the Holy Spirit's job is to abide with you forever. The one who dwells with you and will be in you. And he's ignored He's ignored. We don't ignore our stomachs 
and they're in us. Look at us. Most of us, we need to take a hard look. (laughs) He gets ignored, but he'll dwell with you and will be in you if you simply ask. Why don't people ask? Because they're religious. Because they don't want they don't want what the Holy Spirit brings. Yeah, but if I if I let the Holy Spirit, He may bring correction to my life. He might tell me that all that I've pursued my entire life is a pile of dung. Yeah. It's better off knowing now. You can turn it around. There's not a soul in this room that's not sucking oxygen right at this very minute. Not a soul. You still, there's still hope for you. All you got to do is ask. Now, where do you get that from? Luke chapter 11, verse 13, Acts 8, 14 through 17, Acts 19, 1 through 7. You have to ask. It's not, I'm sorry, Calvinists. Calvinists watching that closed your church. That, are, that allegedly are, are spirit-filled. You're really a Calvinist, though. You have to ask. Well, you know, the day that you got saved and you were filled with the Holy Spirit, don't believe those tongue talkers. Tongue talkers are the ones who are biblical. Everywhere in Scripture where you're talking about the Holy Spirit, he has to be asked. Holy Spirit, all you got to do is go, Holy Spirit, baptize me like you did the people in the book of Acts. I don't want them. Oh, yeah, but man, I might start talking in tongues and be weird. Just... You know, it's so funny how the spirit works because Pastor Rodney preached the same thing on Friday night. You're already gone. You're especially you're sitting in this church. You're gone. You're too far gone. Just just join with me. Just let your reputation go. They hate you anyway. The people you're the people you're butt kissing and boot licking, they hate you anyway. Why would you want to lick the boot that just kicked you in your own rear end? You have to ask. The Holy Spirit is the key. The key to what? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 through 13. No eye has seen, no ears or no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, right? Now that's the only part you ever hear because nobody wants to do the work. The work here is ask. Nobody does it though. Well, how many of you want what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived life? Most Christians don't now. Don't say yes just because you feel like you have to. I respect honesty. No, I'm good as I am. Well, when you need somebody to be healed, you ain't going to be good with how you are. I can tell you my heart's been crushed by lack of healing. I want the power. I want the power. I want what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. I'm not good with work-a-day world. Aaron, our worship leader, said the other day, I'm just not good with going to work, coming home, watching TV, going to bed. Going to work, coming home, watching TV, going to bed. I'm not good with that. I'm not either. So how do you get there? How do you get there? Well, next verse. Just remember where we're at. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived, but God has prepared for those who love him. How do you get there? But God has revealed it to us. Remember now, your eyes are closed. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Amen. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. You have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that you may understand what God has freely given you. So the only path is the Holy Spirit. And he's ignored. 
He's the only way. It's been revealed by his spirit, the one that nobody asks for. Go home today. If you have not spoken in tongues, go home today and say, I want tongues. Now. Do it. Holy Spirit, I want you, Lord. You're going to have to ask. Faith, if it is not accompanied by works, is dead. We haven't received the spirit of the world. We've received the spirit who is from God. That then we can understand. See? Turn the lights on, Lord. They're already on, Tom. Turn the lights on, Lord. They're already on, Tom. Simply open your eyes, numbnuts. Most Christians spend the rest of their life with their eyes closed, asking God to do that which is their job. And that's why some of you are completely, you're, you, have dis, you, are, you are firmly discouraged. I see it in your, you, you, people think they fool me. I've investigated crimes my entire adult life. God has given me discernment that at times I don't even want. I know you. I'm not being haughty. I'm just telling you I operate in the gifts and callings of which God has gifted and called me. I know who you are. You think you're fooling me. You've kind of drifted in and out of church. I see your facial expressions. As you slowly give up on God and walk away, heading towards your own destruction. The only reason why you are that way is because of you. You're blaming Jesus. All the PK kids. I was raised a pastor kid, you know, and that's why I'm so hard-hearted. No, that's your fault, and I'm nuts. That's on you, dude. That's on you. Once you get saved, if you want the power of God, if you want to experience God, you're going to have to work. Prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, daily. Or your heart will be stolen by other distractions. But the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. That's you. It's the parable of the sower, Luke chapter 8, verse 14. 1 Corinthians 2, 13 and 14. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Some of you right now in this room are not receiving what I'm saying because you're natural. You're not spiritual. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Discouragement, by the way, is hardness of heart. You may feel sad, but you're actually hardened. Understand that. The reaping and sowing verse that everybody knows be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap, is about the Holy Spirit. It's not about money. Everybody thinks it is. They think the same thing about Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you, right? It's all about money. Everybody, all the pastors use it for, to get a big offering. It's not neither one of them are about money at all. Do they apply to money? Absolutely, but they're not written about money. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh, next verse, 
will of that flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, which is capitalized, he who sows to the Holy Spirit will reap everlasting life. You're discouraged because you are devoid of the influence of the Holy Spirit. You're not broken. You're not contrite. Your eyes are closed. The Lord is nigh unto them that are broken and contrite. That's why you are the way you are. I get, let's lay hands on you. Why? Why lay hands on you? You need to repent. Jesus style, 180 degree turn, knock it off. Stop, stop with the pity party. Stop with the woe is me and I've been offended and hurt. Pull your thumb out of your mouth. If you need help, we'll get a crowbar. We'll get the men of the church and we'll crowbar your thumb out of your mouth. You, listen, you don't need to be loved anymore. It's like, it's like right, I mean, we, we don't need a fair and balanced news channel. We need one that just tells the truth. There's no balance needed. Well, lies and truth, lies and truth. Truth is the truth. Pull your thumb out of your mouth. Melting away unbelief and going after the Holy Spirit comes through works, comes through the commands of God. You're going to have to do something. You have to be determined. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. You have to be. Listen, this is not a sedentary faith. People think, oh, you know, Ephesians chapter 2, Tom. Verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works, lest any man should boast. Yeah, that's to wipe your sins away. That's to make you born again. So now you're an infant. Do you stay that way? The rest of the change comes through what you do. I'll show you my faith by what I do. What does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? James chapter 2, verse 14. You have to be determined. I'm too busy to be determined. Then you need to start quitting stuff. Just listen. You don't have to. Maybe you don't have to have a four-bedroom house. If, If that's what's ruining your life... Is that your cash poor? You have to, and you're told in Scripture, in, in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 4, to not overwork. And you're tied in, you're, you're too busy to be determined. You're like, what kind of church am I walking into? The one that is trying to make you great. Because much is demanded of you. You're going to be disappointed. You'll come up to me. If you decide to change today, you'll come up to me in heaven and say, Tom, thank you. Because I only have one shot. You're not going to win people to the Lord in heaven. They're already saved. Are you going to go evangelize heaven? I'll have my second chance then. When? You have to be definitive. You have to make a hardcore, definitive decision. I'm going after the Holy Spirit, and I'm dispelling unbelief. Definitive. If you're somebody who likes to have dates, then put the date down. You have to set your priorities in correct order. On this, the Bible is not ambiguous. You want to dispel unbelief and you want to go after the Holy Spirit? Colossians 3.2 says what? Set, look at me, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. But seek ye 
first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 6.33. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. What does that mean? What's the deep meaning behind that? Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. But what about my children? Why don't you sow into your children's souls instead of their carnality with a soccer ball? Why don't you stop bouncing balls all over the place and let's start praying? Why don't you stop signing them up for every last thing and make sure they're sitting under a power-packed ministry and not missing church every other weekend because of a ball? By the way, it never stops at every other weekend. All those families that used to attend this church that were every other weekend, they're gone. Now, they'll blame it on me, of course. But really, what they need to blame it on is a bouncing ball that has become their idol. Again, they ought to go all the way, get a carved image of it, and burn incense to a ball, whatever ball it may be. That's the truth. There's lots and lots of kids of evangelical Christians that are going to burn in hell for all of eternity because their parents live vicariously through them. Well, I was never a football star, but you know, little Johnny. You know, I know our, our lineage and our family is everybody here is a pudgy 5'8", slow white boy, but Johnny, he's going to break through the NFL. No, he didn't. Enjoy the time that you have. He ain't going to be playing football past 18. Sorry. I've been around. I played with NFL football players. I've been around them. You... <laughs> They're giants in the land. You know, people don't get it. You ain't going to get it unless you stand up and you've been hit by one, which I have numerous times. Different ball game. And I wasn't small myself. I was 290 pounds. They threw me around like I was nothing. It's embarrassing. It's the way it is. Matthew 16, 6, 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, because your heart is a follower. Your heart is not the determinative factor in your life. Your actions are, and your heart follows it. Oh, my heart is this, and my heart is that. No, no, no. Whatever your actions are, is your heart. Because your heart follows you there. The heart's a follower. So what are we to do? How can we get there? You have to be definitive. You have to take action. You have to be determined. About nine minutes, everybody good? First Thessalonians 5, 17 through 21. Listen to this sedentary faith. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. So when all these churches decided that they should close to be a community partner and a good neighbor and follow the experts and this is not our fight, did they prove all things? Okay, it took me all of about 12 minutes to discover that this was a giant hoax. It wasn't hard. I mean, I can go out on the land right now with all the pastors that are defending themselves. They'll say things like this. Well, you know, we closed down until we really found out what you know, what was happening? That's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. It's not what the Bible says for you to do. Well, we wanted to play it safe. We're using wisdom. That's not the Bible. 
Bible never said for you to play it safe. It says prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. 2 Timothy 2.15. What are you going to do to dispel unbelief and go after God? This isn't sexy now. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Stop listening to messages. I get it when you're driving around, whatever. Get, listen to messages. Great. You need to start studying the Bible. You know why every, all the Christians listen to messages? Because it's carnal. You're like, Tom, it seems awfully hypocritical since you're giving one right now. Well, this is fellowship, which is the Bible. So what should you do the rest of the week? Bible. I get, listen, I listen to messages too. I get it. But that's all you do? You're not studying to show yourself approved? You can't memorize, you, you don't have any scripture memorized? You lean totally on the synapses firing that's going on between your ears to tell you right from wrong? It should be the Bible that tells you. It doesn't matter what your feelings say. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be shamed. Notice the con- Works? Eek! A mouse! A workman. That's what you do. Between successes and failures, you work. And you dispel unbelief. And you invite in the Holy Spirit. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth and melt that unbelief. You want out of discouragement? Study. I know. I'd sell one ticket. I'd sell three tickets to that conference. Tommy, Norma, and Hope. And that's only because they would have been forced to go. Already covered this? Ask. What else? Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25. How many of you know the power of the assembling of the saints together? That's strange, isn't it? All the abortion mills were wide open, strip clubs, cannabis stores, all wide open. Home Depot, wide open. Walmart, wide open. But all the churches are closed because the devil knows. How do I win? Solitary confinement, baby. Solitary confinement. You want to destroy human beings like they're doing with all the people they arrested on the Capitol right now? They did that with Paul Manafort under false charges. Stick him in solitary confinement on Rikers Island. Devil knows what he's doing. Don't underestimate the devil. Just don't, don't esteem him. He knows how to destroy human beings. He's been around a long time. And let us not consider, and let us consider one another to provoke unto, work, unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, <clears throat> but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So as the day approaches, what's happening in the church? Look at me. What's happening in the church? It's closing and they're not assembling. As the day approaches, the exact opposite of the word of God. That sounds demonic, does it not? Do exactly the opposite of the word of God. And, and then the pastors come out and preach it. Well, you know, we're all together. You know, whether it's a Zoom service or not, you know, we're all together. Praise you, Lord. You know why they're praising God for Zoom services? Because they have to do nothing, but the money stays the same. For the love of money, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 that I quoted to you earlier was not written to the unsaved. 
Listen to the verse. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Yeah, it's, let's open a food pantry and feed the very hungry that we caused. Let's have Zoom services. Well, you know what? Everybody's giving out a direct deposit out of their accounts anyway, so it's great. Don't have any office hours anymore. Get to lay around at home and send out Facebook videos of, we're really appreciating this time of just decompressing. Decompressing from what, Pastor Skinny Jeans? What are you decompressing from? You, what, what is it? Uh, I've been a pastor for 17 years, 13 of which were overlapped with law enforcement the entire time. What are you decompressing from, you pansy? Well, I, I preached two hard messages. So what? You're talking. You hothouse orchid. What do you need to? What, what exactly do you need to compre- decompress from? Have you ever? Have you ever gone to a police call? Okay, when someone just blew their brains out. What are you, Pastor, what are you decompressing from? Because sister so-and-so came up and told you she's depressed? Pastors are isolated from reality. Causing the unemployment that's causing them to have to have a food, food pantry to begin with and never seeing it. They're, they're, they're devoid from reality biblically. They don't see vaccine passports as, as a precursor or possibly the mark of the beast itself. And it started with because they didn't do what it took. Remember, what, what, are, the two, what, are, the, what are our two causes? Dispel unbelief and chase the Holy Spirit. Not forsaking the, the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see vaccine passports come out. Which never would have come out if it wasn't for a capitulating church. Again, I tell you, Jesus said, Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. The devil knows that, so have nobody come together. Separate them. Put them in solitary, baby. So nobody can agree. Strange how that works out, is it not? You have one of the most demonic organizations on the planet, and it's called the CCP and the PLA, People's Liberation Army, the Chinese Communist Party, who have killed, look at me now, half a billion people in the womb. Facts. They say it themselves. What are they having to do right now? They just lifted their ban on two children per family. You know why? Got a shortage of kids. Shortage of kids. Population is supposed to be going down precipitously over the next several years because there are no babies. God loves for people to have babies. Well, what happens? So it's funny how this virus comes out of the half a billion people baby butchers, and the virus comes out and says, you know what? Separate the church. Oh, wait, wait. John, 40, John 8, 44 and 45. Murderers from the beginning. Liars. Father of lies. Native language is lying. And that's where the virus comes from and causes the church to violate the word of God and separate itself. Strange coinkydinks going on in the world today. 
You know why? Because it's not a coincidence. It's demonic. It's the prince of the power of the air. Pastor arrested in Australia for doing what? You know what his charge was? This is just three days ago. What was his charge? Inciting a church service. He incited having a church service. Pastor just arrested. This is an Arthur Pulaski. This is a different one. He's just arrested in Canada in front of his kids in his driveway. The six kids bawling their brains out as they hauled away their dad. I'm talking about little kids. As they hauled their dad away. What was his charge? He conducted an outdoor church service. They did a reconnaissance flight over it. The Canadian police. That's what they have to do there? What should cops do? Lay your life down. Lay your job down. I'm not arresting people for that. I'm not going to arrest them. I'm not arresting people. It's just, you know, part of the job. No, that's what all the Nazis said at Nuremberg, too. And they hung by a noose. They got the noose. And you better watch out when you poke at God. Sends an angel in the last days to spill blood up to the level of a horse's bridle world freaking wide. That's your God. That's who you worship. Waymaker. That's him. He's different than what you probably think that he is. Vengeance belongs to him. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Vengeance belongs to God. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. He also says in the Old Testament, the verse slips my mind right now, but he says, I will repay him. It says, he will repay him who hates him to his face to destroy them. He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Whoops, it's coming. Fouch, watch it. Watch it, Fouch. Watch it, Dasik. Watch it, Joe Biden. Watch it, demonic Kamala Harris with your hyena cackle. Straight from the pit of hell. That's how demons laugh. <laughs> I wish I should have Aaron come up and do it. <laughs> Nobody imitates her better than Aaron does. You have to be determined. You want the Holy Spirit? You want to operate in power? You want to escape from the detriments that are causing you problems right now in your life? You have to be determined. I'll finish with a couple other things that you need to do. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Listen to me now. This is not worship. I looked around the room. I should someday walk around and point you out. As, as we progress with technology, I'm going to have, and we, get, and we are delivered into a much larger building. I'm going to have Aaron make sure that he sets it up where I can walk around. Right now, I'm afraid to because I'm afraid the system will go, and, you know, one of those things if I moved around. Uh, okay, I'm getting instructions from the back. But that's not worship. And listen, I look around, and some of you are completely, I'm talking about young and old, and everybody in between, completely detached from worship. Why? Well... My parents let me down, you know, I I tried to be a Christian, but who do you worship? Your parents are flawed humanity. I hope my kids don't follow all my examples, but I can tell you this, 
there'll be some responsibility that comes on me. Train up a child in the way you should go, Proverbs 22, 6, I get it. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, Ephesians 6, 4, I understand it. But they'll be responsible for themselves. They're not going to be able to say, well, you know, my dad, he sinned in this way, he compromised in that way, he was this, he was that. That's not going to keep him out of hell. So don't use Christians' failures as an excuse for you not to worship and be hard-hearted. Well, I followed this pastor and turned out he was after our money. Okay, so what? Did you give it as unto the Lord? It's seed to you. It doesn't matter if he, he doesn't, went off, doesn't mean anything that he flew off to Acapulco with your money. If you gave it to the Lord, it's seed for you. God will take care of him, so why don't you rejoice and put a smile on your face? You don't have the right to be offended. There's no right to be offended. Where's that in the Bible? Where's, it, where's offended in the Bible outside of falling away? That's the only place offense is found in the Bible is people who are falling away. Worship the Lord. Get your hands in the air and worship God. Whether you feel like it or not. Oh, I'm tired. Oh my gosh. Tired from what? You, you, don't, you don't live in countries where they work you to the bone. I'm looking at us, most of us right now got plenty of meat on the bone. What are you tired from? I'm not tired. I was driving all over the place doing podcasts and preaching this week. What was I doing? Talking. What should I be tired about? I talked. I went up on a stage for 20 minutes and talked. Got off the stage, drove home, came here, talked for one hour. What do I need to be tired about? It's time for us to stop being a bunch of pansies and start worshiping God. Push through. I'm wounded in my spirit. Just go join the Democratic Party, okay? Just go join the Democratic Party. They're all, wounded. They're all wounded victims too. They'll wound themselves and victimize themselves straight to hell. <laughs> Proverbs 63, 3 and 4. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. This is a determinative faith. This is a determined faith. This is not a sedentary faith. You want to move mountains, you're going to have to praise. You're going to have to worship. Why? Because God moves in response to you? No. God has already given you all things. You're moving yourself. You're opening your eyes. Worship team, make your way. I'll close here. What does James chapter 4 verse 8 say? Talked about this one last week. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So draw near. You know what draw near means? People say the verses their whole life and they never do them. And then say they know. I went over this in the first service. I'm fed up with Christians telling me we've got eight minutes to go until we walk out the doors. That includes altar call. So everybody stay with me. I'm sick and tired of Christians telling me they know. You don't know unless there's fruit there. I tell people all the time, let's release the power of God in your life. Let's believe for you. Oh, we know. We know. You're still cussing. 
I, I do. I tell people, we, you know, we, they tell me, I love when people give me their resume of Christianity. Well, we've been saved for 30-something years, and we were involved with Kenneth Hagin, and we were involved with John Hagee, or we were involved with whoever, and this is, our, this is what we did. We were involved in the Moody Radio Network, and we were on CTN, and we, I'm like, okay, what, I don't hear a Bible verse yet. I heard CTN, I heard God TV, I heard Kenneth Hagee, I, I hear, but I have not heard a Bible verse yet. And you still cussed in the midst of it. Tom, you're such a religious man. Cussing, come on. Really? Oh, I am I? But shun profane, in vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, filthy language out of your mouth. Really? I'm supposed to? I'm, I'm supposed to change? Who's preaching the Bible and who's not? Right? What, where does shun profane and vain babblings come from? Right after studies show yourself approved unto God, 2 Timothy 2.16. What's the other one? But now you yourselves are to put off all these, Colossians 3.8. I have people give me their resume and condescendingly tell me, we know, Tom, we've been saved for many years. I want to take my sermon book and crack them over the skull. <laughs> You don't know anything. Maybe that'll cause them to wake up because this would be a nice loud sound with plastic bouncing off your forehead. You know, Hope always tells me, you got to get a new book. I can't. I like my book. It's taped together with Gorilla Tape. Had it for 15 years. It's nice and hard and plasticky to bounce off people's skulls. Oh, we know, we know. It's not our fight. It's not our... Bam! That way I'm not actually hitting you over the head with the Bible. And that symbolicness involved with that. You don't know. And I'm telling you right now, you know what? I don't know. Not the way I should. Things don't happen the way that I want them to happen. It's an unbelief problem and it's a Holy Spirit problem and I'm not going to have it. Take it from Andrew Walmack right here. I have not arrived, but I've left. I'm not going back. I'm not going to port my ship in the sea of doldrums. Doldrums is this windless sea. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to go back. I'm not going back to the work-a-day life. Now, all of us have to work, but you don't have to have a work-a-day life. Some of you are like, I'm retired. I don't have a work-a-day life. You do. If your life is not all about going after your salvation, dispelling unbelief, and being filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God, it's all life is about. You do those things, you have the greatest marriage you've ever had. You don't even need to go to the conference when you go and they separate you out into a room and you have to look at each other's eyes and go, let me tell you some affirming things about you. What is your love language? You won't even have to do those things because that's man-made crapola. <clears throat> I ever told you about your eyes? Tell me five things you love about me. <laughs> you won't have to do those things. God will take you right out of it. His yoke's easy. Why would you want that yoke? You'll be the greatest you can possibly be in all areas of your life. 
If you get rid of unbelief and you have the Holy Spirit, stand with me. Praise you, Lord. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.